Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about finding your speed. But before we jump into all that, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly update. So this week, I think we've all had some good news. Um, the lockdown rules have eased up just a little bit. So hopefully that's the uh, start of good news to come. Hopefully that will continue into the future. Hopefully over the next few uh, weeks and months, those will ease up completely and kind of return back to a new normal. I don't think it will return to how it it was before. I think there will be all kinds of differences in effect um, after we've all returned to work and um, the kind of lockdown's gone away and quarantine's no longer. I think there's going to be a whole raft of um, businesses that have shifted their direction, uh, shifted their methodologies, shifted their pr processes. I think um, there's going to be some big changes. Um, I think there has been already and I think there will continue to be. So really good news. We can now get out for multiple exercises in a day or you can if you're in England, I think it's slightly different in Wales and Scotland. So check your local uh, rules wherever you are. Check the local guidance. Um, but uh, for me, get out now getting out multiple times a day is great um, for walking the dog, etc. I'm still doing a few runs outside, although I've shifted most of my runs inside to the treadmill now, um, which we'll talk about a little bit further on in the podcast. Uh, but I think generally good news. So hopefully um, you, you and all your family and friends, um, colleagues, etc. are keeping well. Hopefully you're all staying safe. Hopefully you're all staying healthy. Hopefully um, we're all okay. So um, today's topic came from um, a run I was doing. So today is a long run day. I've shifted. I've talked about the adjustments that we have to make. Um, so I was planning a little bit of backstory. I was planning for doing a hundred kilometer race in July, the first weekend of July. Um, I've only done half marathons up to that uh, to this point. It's the furthest I've run. Um, I, I well, was due to start um, my hundred kilometer training plan um, about the second week into um, the COVID crisis, um, into the quarantine and lockdown, etc. Um, so I, I, I did start it. I started the first couple of weeks. I was doing that, um, some of it outdoors and some of it indoors on the treadmill. And um, as it became apparent that lockdown was going to be going longer, um, more events were being cancelled, etc. Um, my, my event finally got cancelled um, and postponed to next year. Not cancelled, it was postponed to next year. So I'm still going to do that next year. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, but I shifted my plan. So, and this is where I've been talking about adjustments. Um, so instead of continuing on with that plan, I kind of didn't need to to do that. But I, I still wanted to do something. I wanted something to be able to work on, work towards. I know what I'm like. If I've not got a goal, I've not got a target to aim for. I'm not going to do anything. So I needed to put a goal in place, a target for myself to keep me motivated and keep me going. Um, so if you're struggling with um, getting going, maybe you need a target. Think about that. Um, I think that's a good little tip there. Uh, but for me, I I, sh I was looking for something else. I shifted my uh, shifted my target. So um, what I decided instead of running uh, running a hundred kilometers, so I, I kind of I scrapped that training plan that I had um, or put it to one side so I can use it for next year. And I got a new plan. I got a uh, a sub four hour marathon training plan. So that means doing a a, f a marathon in under four hours. So twenty six point two miles, obviously. Um, 
in under four hours. So this seemed like a logical step for me. So it's a slightly different challenge um, than doing the 100 kilometers. The 100 kilometers, I was just aiming to finish it. I wasn't aiming to break any records. I wasn't aiming to do it in a specific time. I was just aiming to do 100 miles in one day in 24 hours. Um, you could probably walk. Um, I, I had guessed that I could walk I could probably walk 100 kilometers in 24 hours or just over. I, I've had a couple of friends that have done it in uh, 23 um, hours and some odd minutes. Um, so I knew that if worse comes to the worst, I could walk it in 24 hours. What I was hoping to do uh, was skim a few hours off that um, by doing um, some running. The event I had booked onto was going to be in the Peak District, so it was going to be hilly. So I wasn't expecting to run up any of the uphills. I was just expecting to run the flats and some of the downs. Um, so I was looking just to complete it that's all I was doing um with my four hour marathon one um obviously now I've put a time um goal on it um so it's a slightly well obviously a much shorter race um but um nonetheless equally as challenging because although I don't need the as much endurance I need a bit of the speed as well so it's a different type of training um, so that's how I've shifted that training so I wanted to bring in those topics that we'd mentioned before just as a bit of background and uh, to set up today's episode which is picking up your speed um, so Continuing on then, so in my training plan now, um, which I've got from um, the Marathon Handbook website, um, which I thoroughly recommend if you want to run um, any form of race, whether it's a 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, ultra marathon, um, they've got plans of all kinds of stuff on there. Um, I'm, tr I'm now using the sub four hour marathon um, training plan. I had been using the um, ultra training plan, um, so um, and, I, and I did use the, um, the half marathon and training plan as well so i know they work um, they're great plans and they've got a ton of content on there um, and i think um, there's even some courses on there that you can buy um, to help you um, with your running style your speed etc um, i can't say anything about those because i've not tried them but i've tried um, the, the free plans uh, and they're great they're in a real great format a little spreadsheet that you can print off that's got it and i tick each day off as i go um, to show me the process so on my plan um, it has two rest days, a Monday and a Saturday, um, which is great. Um, and then the other days have got different stuff on. So there are uh, three different types of runs on on my plan. So today was the long run. So that's always the longest run of the week, which is um, usually um, twice the different diff uh, twice the distance. Don't know why that was hard to say. Twice the distance as the short runs in the week. So there are two short runs in a week, um, and. Uh, uh, the pace that those are at uh, 8.46 uh, minute miles so it takes 8.46 8 minutes 46 seconds to do a mile um, so those short runs have to be done within those time um, that's to build up the endurance at those speeds so that when you come to do the longer races uh, you can run at those speeds comfortably um, the long run you can do at any speed it's just about getting those miles in which is great so that's what I was doing today and the other type of run is sprint work so these are speed uh, speed workouts um, so these are 800 meter sprints um, at 742 uh, minute per mile um, so um, 7 minutes 42 seconds uh, per mile um, so obviously even quicker um, than the short runs um, but those are 800 meter sprints um, and, and the, the number of sprints you do increase as you as you as you 
go through the plan. Um, I'm up to uh, three sprints at the moment, um, three sprints of the 800 meters um, with a 0.2 recovery in between. So that rounds you up to a kilometer. Um, and then the uh, Thursday is a cross training day. So I do my insanity training on, on those days and usually the Saturdays and my my rest days as well. I do the cross trainings on my days off. Um, so so that plan works really well for me. So, and there's three different kind of speeds that you've got there, um, which which I think is interesting and, and it'll become apparent why in a minute. So you've got 7.42 for the speed work, slightly slower at the 8.46 for the training run. And then there's no time limit for the long run. So probably slightly slower than that. Um, so... I was on the long run today, eight miles, um, and it was interesting because I was doing it on Swift on my treadmill, um, so I was doing it indoors, which uh, which is uh, fantastic to be able to use Swift, the, the app that I've got, the run pod, pod that connects to your shoe, and it kind of moves you around the virtual world. I've talked about that before as well, um, so I'm not going to go into that today, but worth doing. So I entered a race today. There was a virtual race. Um, I think it was uh, called T- uh, Tour for All, so it's a race series that they've put on on Swift that anybody can enter, um, and they've got different races on there, um, and the and the race was for 7.9 miles, so it was near enough the 8 miles that I needed. I was able to just do uh, an extra uh, few hundred metres at the end to make up the extra 0.1, um, which was great, so I got me 8 in. Now, what was interesting, and this, uh, I was thinking about this as I was doing it, and um, this this podcast topic actually came to me whilst I was um, running in that race. Um, so what happened was I started off... Um, I've not quite figured out the start of the Swift races yet. For some reason, I always seem to be the last to take off from the finish line. I think everybody has the treadmill going full tilt, um, tilt, tilt at the beginning of the race and then jumps on it. Um, I don't do that. I kind of have it at a slow walking pace to start with um, before the race starts just to get so I'm on the treadmill and moving, um, but nowhere near full um, running pace. I have it on a slow walking pace. And then when the race starts, I, I put it up to the pace that I want to run at. And um, obviously, if uh, I assume that everybody else has it at full tilt and they just jump and you know, they're stood next to it and then they jump on it when uh, they get off, when the race starts. Um, so and off they go so it takes me a little bit longer to get started from the start line than most of the other folks um, which is interesting and it's interesting for this reason um, because I set myself up at a, at a pace that I knew that I would able to, that I would be able to maintain for the entire race so last uh, last weekend was a seven mile long run and um, it was really hot last weekend um, it was hot outside it was even hotter inside um, and I felt like death at the end of the race for whatever reason I think I'd just overdone it with exercise that week like I said I've been doing insanity on my off days but I think I'd overdone it so I really struggled with the seven miles I finished it but I had to turn the speed down a couple of times um, during the race and part of that was I probably started off slightly too quick so what I did this week, um, I put myself at a pace that I knew I could sustain for the whole race. So I started off at a nice 10 kilometers an hour, um, which I know is about uh, six six miles an hour, 6.1 miles an hour, something like that. So um, quite a bit slower than my uh, speed work runs and my training and my short training runs. Um, so a little bit slower than that. So as 
the race went on. Uh, so in the first mile or so, I didn't see anybody else. Um, it's interesting because on, on the screen you can see other runners. Um, it, it shows you a whole wealth of stats. So you see your heart rate, um, your steps per minute, um, uh, all that good stuff. The distance travelled, how long you've been running for, um, your cadence. There's a whole host of stuff that it shows you. But what it also shows you is other people as you run past them. It's got a little map in the corner so you can see everybody on the track, um, on the route that you're running. Um, so you can see where everybody else is placed. First mile or so, I didn't see anybody. I'm assuming that I was running slightly slower um, than most folks. Um, and then after mile two clicked over, I took a few people, um, started seeing a few more people. I came across a few clumps of people where uh, which is weird because that's how it operates in real races as well um, people tend to group together so people of a certain speed tend to group together and use each other to um, as race markers as um, kind of speed monitors um, so if, if they stick with somebody for a short period of time and they seem to be running the same pace um, then it's nice to follow that person or try and stay just in front of that person um, as a good um, test of where you should be and what speed you should be running at and it was exactly the the same on the virtual world which which surprised me i didn't think it would um, be like that as much but it seems like it operates the same way um but you know so i overtook a few people in the second and third miles um fourth mile came along i overtook a couple of big groups um fifth and sixth mile um i started overtaking even more people now by no means was i running fast it clearly wasn't um and by no means did i finish um in the top rank for the race either um i think there was about 140 odd people in the race and i finished i think 51st or 52nd something like that um so I wasn't running fast by any means in the imagination. But what I did was I picked a pace that I could run at consistently and I knew that I would do it. And what helped me pick that pace was um, the heart rate monitor. So I was using the information I had available to me as feedback. It was a feedback mechanism. Usually when you're running, um, you know, you, you've got to look at your watch or whatever to get your heart rate. But on the screen, it's nice, there, easy. You can see it at all times. You just have to glance at the screen in front of you and it's there, um, which makes it really easy to use that piece of feedback. Um, to monitor how you're doing and um, Swift and Strava which are the two apps that I use I can uh, combine them together um, they both use different segments for your heart rate so um, they use a brag system so blue red amber green um, and also a dark red as well um, so if you're blue it's kind of uh, your uh, resting heart rate which is where your heart rate starts out if you uh, just as you get on the treadmill it usually only stays there for a few minutes or you know even less than that if you go straight into a sprint and your heart rate will speed up um, then it goes into a green rate which is a kind of a low heart rate uh, easily maintained you're not having any problems breathing etc then it goes to amber or yellowish amber color um, which means you're, you're starting to pick up your heart rate a little bit um, it's a good pace to be at red is you're starting to push your heart rate and you, you kind of you want to avoid doing that too much and, and the dark red is that uh, you really ought to slow down a little bit you're about to uh, do yourself some serious damage um, so they've got the different um, colors um, on there for what that means so after a few minutes um, my heart rate quickly climbed into the amber which was good where I wanted to be um, and I knew that I could maintain that pace now what's interesting as I got throughout the race my heart rate my heart rate went up slightly and it kept increasing slowly but surely throughout the race so the longer I was running the slightly quicker my heart rate was getting throughout it so if I you know if I'd carried on 
You know, I was running at a very nice, comfortable pace. If I'd have carried on running at that pace, eventually uh, my heart rate would have increased to a point where I would have had to stop. That's where my endurance kind, where your endurance kind of comes in, where you're building your endurance, you're building your lung capacity, etc. Um, so you've got to use that that information that's available to you. If you've not got a smart watch or a heart rate monitor, um, you, you kind of got to use the feedback that your body's giving you. How's your breathing? Can you, you, would you be able to have a conversation? Um, how many words would you be able to speak um, whilst running at that speed and kind of gauge how, how, how fast you're going? So I picked up, like I say, a nice, comfortable speed that I knew that I could finish. Now, come mile seven of the eight mile race, my heart rate was at a point where it was dipping in and out of the red. So it would dip up into the red for, um, you know, 10, 15 seconds, and then it would dip down. Now, I wasn't adjusting my speed. The treadmill was at a constant speed. But like I said, it was on that limit of the endurance and the uh, lung capacity that I'd built up through doing the beginnings of this plan and the other plan that I'd been working on. So that is a good good pace, a good sign that the training's working because towards the end of the thing, my heart rate's up in slightly into those um, higher higher limits. Um, but what I did, I still felt quite comfortable. Uh, my breathing was fairly consistent. I wasn't anaerobic by any means. I still felt like I had something in me in terms of my legs, my hips, etc., my knees. Nothing was particularly aching like it had been the last week. So what I did for the last mile was I increased my speed by uh, half a kilometre an hour, which doesn't sound like a lot, um, but a big, uh, big increase for uh, percentage-wise for um, the last, um, last mile. So I did that for another half a mile, and then I still felt like I had a little bit left in me um, so I put another kilometer out on it uh, kilometer an hour on it um, so uh, kind of a really good um, pace now for um, the last half a mile um, and again in that last mile where I increased my speed I overtook more overtook more people than I had previously um, so it, it was really good and uh, by the time I got to the end by the time I finished the eight miles um, I was able to feel like I had nothing left in me I'd kind of used up the energy like everything was starting to ache just a little bit um, and I was really struggling to not struggling to breathe but my my heart rate was certainly up and my breathing was slightly more erratic again um, I'd probably just gone into the anaerobic stage where I was um, kind of a bit more gaspy for breath than um, anything so it certainly wasn't sustainable that speed for a uh, uh, a long distance but for the last mile uh, half a mile for the faster speed I was able to sustain it so uh, and I felt really really good when I finished the eight miles I felt like Do you know what at that slightly slower speed I could have run you know another couple of miles um, and got in a couple more miles um, so I felt really good about that now that speed wouldn't have got me my sub four hour marathon um, but it was certainly a good speed for a training run and, and I felt really good about it. Now what was the difference between that run and the other run uh, that I did the 7 mile run? So the, the 7 mile run I probably started off slightly too quick so I had to slow it down and then once I'd slowed it down once I was like do you know what let's just slow it down again and I slowed it down a couple of times throughout the 7 mile run um, so by the time I finished I was doing slower than I'd started um, on the uh, the 8 mile run this week. Um, so I'd overdone it and then I knocked my confidence and um, I just wasn't feeling it as much and like I said everything felt achy and hurting so I had I kind of gave myself an excuse and out um, 
and and I used those excuses and those outs um, to put speed down. Still did the distance, um, but I did it a lot slower than than I could have done it. Um, indeed, slower than I did the longer <laughs> race uh, today. Um, so why it, why am I talking about the speed of a running uh, the speed I was running today and why am I talking about um, passing people on 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 the road now the thing is I wasn't monitoring myself in terms of where I was on the race there's a little um, icon down in the bottom right corner of the screen that tells me the position I was in and I looked at that towards that start because I was interested just to see how many people were in the race because um, it always interests me how many people are doing these online virtual things um, which is why I know it was 140 odd and then at the end um, I glanced at it and it said I was 51st or 52nd whatever whatever I came in at um, but at no point during the race was I looking at that to monitor myself against other people um, this week now maybe I did last week I can't I, I probably did I was probably looking at it and I was probably like I want to be towards the top half um, which is why I started off a little bit quicker um, because uh, like I say I don't start off particularly quick on the races um, on these on the virtual races um, so I, it kind of felt like I was being left behind. I was a lot more confident and comfortable with that this week, though. So I wasn't comparing myself um, this week to where the other races are. And I think, um, why am I talking about that in terms of running? I think a lot of us fall into this trap. I know there's somebody out there listening right now who falls into this trap in their business, in their life, in their health and fitness. They're keeping their eye on somebody else. And instead of focusing on what they're doing, letting everybody else get on with what they're doing. They're trying to compare themselves and, and comparison really is the thief of joy. Um, if you continue to compare yourself to other people, you, you're really going to um, give yourself some pain. You're going to suffer as a result of this um, because there are always people better than you. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. There are always people who are better than you at it. Um, you've got to be the number one in the world and very few people are number one in the world at what they do. And even those people perceive other people to be better than them. They're still striving. They're still aiming to get better at stuff. Um, so, Comparison really is a dangerous thing, um, you know, so there's always those people that are better than you. And it's and conversely, there's always people that you're better of than as well, uh, whatever it is you're, you're looking at. Um, and I think we forget that bit. You know, it's too often is, oh, Joe Bloggs does this so much better than I do. Um, uh, this person does it better than I do. And, you, you know, you see all these perfect people on social media um, who we compare ourselves against, but it's an unfair comparison. Um, because they never show the bad stuff or most of them don't really show the bad stuff they don't show the the, the, the journey that they've been on the processes that they've had to go through and um, to get to where they are they just show this polished finished product and we want to look like that polished finished product straight away we don't want to go on that journey or we don't think that um, our journey should be taking as long um, so that comparison really is a dangerous thing and it can really demotivate us and stop us in our tracks. I know there are some people listening right now who have been stopped in their tracks because they're comparing themselves to other people. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Really don't. It's nice to see um, where people are going and use those people who are in front of you as kind of a blueprint. They've, they've done it before. They've given you a blueprint. If they're showing you how to do things, uh, you know, if, if you're fortunate to have somebody in your field who's better than you and kind of shares nuggets and knowledge about how they got to where they go 
uh, got to where they got. Um, that's really good. They've given you a blueprint or are giving you a blueprint. So that's great. Take some of that information. Uh, but beware, um, some of that information might not be for you to implement now. Um, this can also cause overwhelm. You know, you're looking at somebody that's better than you and you say, well, they're doing X, they're doing Y, they're doing Z. So I need to do X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. You need to stay in your lane. You need to pick your pace. That person is running at 100 miles per hour because they've been doing this for 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, however long they've been doing it. They've been doing it a hell of a lot longer than you have. So stop trying to do everything at once. You know, I was talking to a couple of people this week and they said, you know, um, You've been talking about rebranding the podcast the last couple of episodes. Um, how come you haven't finished that yet? And I'm like, because that's not my pace. I want to get it right. I want to do it right first time. I don't want to do it and then have to change it a couple of times um, to, because I got it wrong, that I need to tweak it. I want to do it right. I want to do it once. Um, and that's the pace I work at. I work at a consistent pace. People have said to me, why are you still working the way you're doing, uh, the way that you are? You could be taking a rest. I don't believe in days off. You know, I was talking to somebody today and they were trying to encourage me to take a day off. I do not take days off. When I'm working and I want to achieve an outcome, I never take a day off. Now, as an example of that, my uh, rest days in my running, the rest days that are on here, I do my insanity workout. So I do my cross training for most of those rest. Well, there's only one rest day, uh, two rest days on the plan. I do the cross training on the one of them and I do cross trainings on the day that I do my speed runs and one of the short training runs as well. I only have one rest day a week where I do actually no physical activity. And when I say no physical activity, I'm still out walking the dog. I actually do a stretching routine. Um, so I do uh, foam rollering and um, some deep stretching to do that. Almost like, it's not like a yoga, similar to a yoga routine um, where I'm doing some really deep stretching on my muscles. So I'm not doing nothing. I'm still working on my health and my fitness at that time. Um, so I don't have a day off from that. Um, and I think that, that's what works for me in terms of being consistent because I know that if I have a day off that it will be easy to have another day off. If I have a day off it will become easy for me to have another day off and I don't ever want it to become easy to have a day off and the other thing is I love doing what I do uh, so why would I and that's ev in terms of everything I do I and anything that I don't like doing I try and get a shot of it I try and outsource it or I try to eliminate that activity altogether um, so I love running I've picked a um, you do, do you know what? I really hated running when I was at school. Um, I, I really hated all sports when I was younger. I was never really into it. Um, I, I, you know, and I told the story of doing the boxing, etc. on here. I really enjoyed the boxing, but it was far too painful. Um, I was nowhere near good enough, so uh, it was far too painful, although I loved it. So I still do a little bit of boxing training as well. Um, so I throw that in sometimes on my rest days or um, the shorter run days. I do a quick boxing routine, a 15, 20-minute boxing routine as well if I'm still feeling I've got something left in me uh, because that's not cardio. It's building up kind of strength work, arm combos, etc. I still really, really enjoy that. So I throw that into it as well um, but I love the running now there's no point me deciding to do running every day if I hate running because every opportunity I get to avoid doing it 
I will take that opportunity. So you've got to set yourself up for success with this. If you want to do some exercise and you absolutely hate cycling, don't go out and buy a bike and try and do some cycling every day because you will avoid it. And quickly, uh, you know, a lot of people who take up running, uh, who don't really enjoy running, you know, they buy a treadmill. And how long is it? You know, if you've got a treadmill, how, how often do you use it? I bet it's used to uh, dry clothes. I bet it's become the clothes dryer. People hang clothes over the uh, the guardrails on there uh, and use it for that. Um, if you've got it, you know, and that's what you're doing, maybe you need to have a think about, right, why is it that I gave that up? Why was it? I don't really enjoy running. Or maybe you didn't really give it a chance. Maybe you didn't get that consistency. But for me... That consistency is doing something every single day. And it doesn't matter what pace you're going at. You've, you've just got to be consistent. So if you're doing it every day, just do a little bit every single day. So the same with my um, rebranding of the podcast, uh, designing the logos, the new logos, making sure I get those right. Um, so I'm working on those at the moment. I've also started picking up the, uh, picking out the new intro and outro musics. Um, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And, you know, I could have, like, like this person was suggested, I could have really rushed it and just got something banged it together um and, and put it out there and you know there, there is something to be said for that yeah you know if, if uh, certain people that works for you know the fail fast mechanism and i, I, I do really um love that model as well failing fast failing forward um learning by doing um but i don't want to do that with things that are potentially or possibly going to cause me or my brand um, to lose interest to cause or to cause damage to my brand um, whether that's my podcast brand or whether that's my personal brand I don't want to do anything that's potentially causing damage and if I pick the wrong logo if I pick the wrong music if I chose a new format that was wrong and felt clunky you know i could possibly put off people listeners who had been listening to me for a long time um so i'm trying to get it perfect and um i will launch it and it won't be perfect i know this nothing is ever perfect um, but i want to get it as perfect as i can and while i'm still working on it um, I know that I don't need to launch it. If I'm still working on it, I know I don't need to launch it. If there comes, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks time, I'm sure it'll be um, ready within the next month or so. There will come a time where I stop working on it now, where I stop making changes to it, where I'm stop looking at new formats and I picked it and I've left it for a week and I've not touched it. And that's when I know it'll be ready because I will be looking at it every day and I'm like, do you know what? I just can't make that any better than it is. Uh, do you know what? That's as best, as good as it's going to get until I test it and put it through its paces. And then putting it through its paces will then set, set, set myself up to improve it further. So I'll get some feedback from you guys. I'll get some feedback on your website. I'll be able to put some surveys out there to see what people are thinking. And then I can do some new iterations and, and refine it further as I go along. But until I stop playing with it first, I know it's not ready to go out for consumption because uh, once I put something out live and then I think, oh, I'll make this little tweak. OK, so let me do that. And then I have to republish everything. OK, the next day I'll look at it again. Oh, do you know what? I could change that word slightly and I can change that um, line in the logo slightly and I could change the colors. OK, let's put that live. Now I have to change it across everything again. Or next day, now I'm looking at it again. I have to change um, the image on the logo or I want to change the intro music slightly. I don't quite like that anymore. Um, so I now have to change it across everything again um, so I'm trying to do something at a really consistent pace and I think people get caught in the trap of it's 
you know, I'm not building my business. I'm not building this podcast. I'm not building this business to be here for five years or two years or one year. I am building it to be here for the rest of my life. And if I can do it consistently, then I know it's going to be here for the rest of my life. If I'm going too fast, then I'm going to trip over myself. I'm going to fall down and I'm going to lose. I'm going to stop. There will become blockers that I cannot overcome because I will hit into a blocker and I will not be able to jump over it at the speed I am traveling. I will need to slow down. And if I slow down, that pace then has been interrupted and I am not operating consistently. Whereas if I'm taking small gradual steps every single day consistently, I'm going to get there. Uh, it's the tortoise and the hare story. Um, and, and this isn't just about running. This isn't just about business. You can apply this to whatever aspect of your life you are looking to change and improve. If you try and do things too fast, you will trip over. You're going to hit something. You're going to come up against something. Eventually, you are going to come doesn't matter what industry you're in if you're talking about business it doesn't matter what new skill you're trying to learn it doesn't matter uh, what topic we're talking about eventually everybody hits up against that that wall they cannot get past it they cannot get over it they have to change track slightly and sometimes if you have to change that tack you're going to have to start looking at the problem in different ways and that changes now if i'm moving at a slow but steady space uh at pace that isn't going to interrupt my my momentum whereas if you're operating too fast you're gonna you're gonna pile up against that wall you're gonna hit that boundary and hit that wall and you're gonna crumple up against it before you get time to realize oh i need to turn left or i need to turn right or i need to duck under it or whatever it may be whatever adjustment you need to make you need to give yourself time and space to make those necessary adjustments and a lot of us we're seeing these people running out ahead of us on, on from the start line um, you're seeing them taking off and you're thinking man i need to be faster because i need to keep up with them nope i overtook a lot of people i overtook a lot of people today on that race I overtook a lot of people today on that race running at a fairly slow pace. If if they'd have started off at a slower pace, maybe they'd have been able to pick it up at the end like I did. Why, why finish the race? This is the mistake I made last week. Why finish the race slower than you started off? You want to finish strong? Finish strong every single time. I pick finishing strong every single time. And you want to pick that pace that you can maintain. And then you gather that momentum and you slowly speed things up. So instead of taking off at the quickest pace you can sustain, start off slow, steady, build that momentum and then build that pace. Then you can start adding in X, Y and Z. Maybe you start off with one product line. You know, I was just on a training course today and um, this afternoon and they were talking about um, multiple lines, uh, multiple streams of income and by diversifying. And But they said, um, first off, you need to really target in on your niche. Um, and then once you've mastered that, then you can start diversifying. And I think that's so true. I think there are so many people of us, so many people out there. Um, maybe there's some of you listening right now. You're trying to do X, Y, and Z, and you're spreading your attention. You're spreading your resources across multiple things. You're spreading yourself too thin. You just cannot get everything done. Um, and, and that, that leads to this feeling that you're not, you're not, um, you're not meeting your own expectations. You feel a bit of disappointment in yourself. Maybe you're feeling a bit of disappointment in your team because they can't master any, everything because you've got them doing too many things. It's leading to these expectations not being met. It's leave, leading to demotivation. And in the worst cases, that's leading you to stop. And 
every, the only way you can lose is by stopping. I always say this. You don't lose. You learn. The only way to lose is by stopping and giving up. And we want to avoid that at all costs. So pick your pace at the beginning of the race. Pick your pace at the beginning of your race and stick to it. Uh, use that information that's provided to you. Use that feedback. Now, whether that's feedback that your body's giving you in a race, whether that's feedback that your heart rate monitor is giving you when you're running, whether that's feedback that your customers are giving to you when you're selling to them, whether that's feedback that your customers are giving to you when you're providing them services, whether that's feedback that you're getting from your, your partner um, in your relationship, Maybe it's a feedback that you're getting from your children in your relationship with them. Maybe it's something. Whatever that feedback is you're getting, listen to it. Make those adjustments. Maybe you're going too fast like I was and you needed to slow down. The important thing is you don't stop. But try and pick a pace that you can sustain, that you can keep going to the end of the race. And this is a long race. We're talking about a long time. Like I said, I'm not aiming to be here for one year, two years, five years. I'm here to stay. I want to be here for 10, 20, 25, 30 years or more. I, I want to leave a legacy behind. I am not looking to be here today and gone tomorrow. I've already been doing this podcast for a year now. And every time I do the podcast, I hope it feels to me like it's getting slightly better. Now I might have an off day where I do a bad episode or a slightly shorter episode because I haven't got much to talk about. But I will never pad an episode or talk about nothing in particular. I'll try and keep it on point. If I've not got anything, I'll keep it shorter. Now, today's episode is a slightly longer episode. And that's because I've got, you know, a topic came to me um, and I thought I had some information that was worth sharing. So hopefully everybody's found this useful. And, but what's this example in your life? What can you... Um, do to be more consistent and when I say consistent what I mean by consistent what consistency means to me is that I'm doing something every single day I don't have that day off um, you know a lot of people have said to me you're unusual in the fact that um, you're kind of self-motivated when you say something you're going to do it I for me that doesn't feel like I'm doing something unusual um, and I don't think it should I think more people should do what they say I think more people should um, be able to achieve their goals I think that you deserve to achieve your goals I think every single person listening to this deserves to achieve their goals and the only reason that you wouldn't achieve your goals is that you're not being consistent with it. And there's a number of things you need to be consistent with. You need to be consistent with your action. That's the biggest thing. You need to take consistent action. You need to be doing stuff, uh, doing the work, getting the reps in. Um, you need to be doing that, and, and that's going to massively propel you forward. But you also need to be consistent in your learning, your knowledge acquisition. Now, whether that's reading a book, whether that's reading some um, articles um, off the internet, whether that's watching YouTube videos, whether that's getting you some coaching, whether it's going to conferences, Whatever that looks like, everybody needs more knowledge. Um, there are always things we can improve improve on. Um, you know, like I said, th there's only one person who's number one in the world at anything. Everybody else has stuff to learn from somebody. You know, the person who's number one in the world still learns from people. You know, you think at number one athletes in the world, you think... Um, you know, everybody knows I'm not really um, that into sports, but you pick any of the top athletes in the world. I, I don't know, pick the top tennis player, top football 
sport player, whatever, um, the number one person in that field, um, I don't, I wouldn't even begin to guess who the number one tennis player in the world, but you take that person, they are still learning from other people. So they may be um, number one tennis player in the world, but they still have a nutritionist teaching them about their diet and adjusting their diet to meet them. They will still have fitness coaches who are teaching them how to stay fit, how to stay healthy. They will have, um, in, um, in terms of tennis, you can have a, a serving coach who teaches them how to improve their serving uh, and do that. There's going to be a volleying coach who teaches them to hit the ball backwards and forwards. I'm talking real basic terms. I really know nothing about tennis. Um, but you get the idea. They're learning from all these different people. They've got these coaches teaching them and, and keeping them in the right space um, for each of those different areas. Just because they're number one in the world doesn't mean they're not learning and they've not got anybody to learn from. There's all these other people um, that they're still learning from. They're still being coached by. Um, and I think um, sometimes we forget that in life. We try and do everything ourselves, you know, especially solo entrepreneurs entrepreneurs that where it's just just you um doing it i think it's easy to fall into that trap so be, be careful of that so i know i've gone over a lot there in the podcast i kind of got onto i got into my groove there a little bit um so um apologies for that like i said this has been a slightly longer podcast so hopefully um you've learned something there hopefully i've helped you out with something if you've got any questions questions as per usual hit me up on facebook drop me a message um and hopefully um, we can uh, get you squared away and help you out um so just to summarize, um, I think it's really important to pick a pace that you can be consistent with. Don't go too fast. Go at your speed. Go at your speed. That's really, really the key here. Pick a speed that you can stay at comfortably. Um, and you don't, but you don't want to be too comfortable. You want to be pushing yourself slightly. Uh, like I was with the race today, my, 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 uh, heart rate was in amber. It wasn't in green or blue. It was in the amber and it was pushed by the end. It was pushing up into the reds. So you want to be in that space where you're still growing. Uh, you don't want it to be too easy. So if you're in too easy, you're going too slow. You need to speed yourself up a little bit. Um, but you don't equally, you don't want to be in that red. You don't want to be going too fast because eventually you're going to hit something that's harder than you. If you do hit something that's harder than you, if you hit an obstacle, a challenge or whatever um, give yourself some space to get around it over it under it whatever you need to do um, give yourself some space um, adjust the way you're looking at the problems if necessary but maintain that momentum keep that action going and that's going to take you to the next level hopefully that's helped i'll see you all next week thanks for listening